Hi, Disney fans. This week, we're chatting all about season two of I Am Groot on Disney Plus with the show's writer, director, and executive producer, Kirsten Lepore. We'll be discussing that adorably mischievous twig, Baby Groot, as he continues learning and growing on adventures across the galaxy. I'm Hunter. I'm Lisa. And I'm Courtney. And this is D23 Inside Disney. How's it going? Hi. It's good to be back. It's good to be back with all of you after Destination D23. It's fun to be here. Yeah. And so it was so good to see you guys in person. I know we are across coast, but always good to connect. Yeah, that was yes. the first time me and Courtney actually met in person. What a great event and what a great place to meet. Love all the Disney fans, the Disney energy, all the fun things. Definitely. All right. So do you remember seeing Groot for the very first time? I definitely do. He's a force of nature. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. I took an instant liking to him. I am Groot. He's a scene stealer. Like with one phrase, he can totally own a moment and you got to respect a character like that. <laughs> I still remember seeing that first movie in theaters and just being blown away yes. by how absolutely fun it was. And I was like, I want more Groot in my life, you know? <laughs> That's how you want to feel. <laughs> it is how you want to feel. It, it probably won't surprise you that Groot started as a Marvel Comics character, actually, before the movies. But did you know that he first appeared all the way back in any guesses? What what year? How what decade? So this is a mystery. Groot is completely timeless. He he first appeared all the way back in November of 1960. Oh, That's what? crazy. That's like when the Beatles were around. It was in <laughs> Tales to Astonish number 13, and he was created by Larry Lieber and Disney legends Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. That is really cool. <laughs> I had no idea he had been around for so long, and now he has his own show. Guys, I have a question for you. Groot's catchphrase is, I am Groot. And if you had a catchphrase, what would it be and why? Oh, my gosh. Did we just create our own catchphrases right there? <laughs> Mine would be, I am sleepy mom all the time. <laughs> or no, wait, no, it's that Indiana Jones line is my favorite, which I'm actually just, you know, I will give ownership for ownership of this too. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. That's one of my favorite lines. Yeah. Catchphrase. Just going for it. I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> I completely relate. I think I would just be, I am hungry. Maybe that's just because I'm hungry right now. <laughs> But well, the fun continues with this fact. Did either of you know the actual meaning of the word Groot? No, no. I, friendship? I, I don't know. OK, so in Dutch, as well as in several other languages, it translates to big or tall, which is actually pretty brilliant considering we see Groot go through so many different forms. Like he's I feel like teenage Groot and then baby Groot. Baby Groot. That's actually very, very, very smart. I always thought it was just like a root of a tree, but like a grr behind it. But the fact that there's deeper meaning to it, it works on so many levels. I mean, that actually makes so much sense, Hunter. It does, Thank actually. <laughs> Let's say that's the reason. Okay, so do you know the type of alien species that Groot is descended from? I'll give you a couple of choices. Okay, so A, the Interdites. B, the Seagramites. C, the Flora Colossi, or D, the Papapians? Well, I'm very familiar with all of these, so. Okay. It makes one of us. <laughs> I'm going to guess, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to guess the Papapians, because that's fun to say. Okay. That's literally what I was going to say, too, because I'm like, in a situation like this, when I have nowhere to go, I usually go with what's the most fun thing to say. So I'm going to get in there, too, with the Papapians. <laughs> Well, in this case, it's actually the one that's the easiest to say, which is the Flora Colossi. 
And little known fact, the Florcolassi are a race of tree-like aliens from planet X. Things you didn't know. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Next is, according to a 2022 interview with Kirsten, what silent film star helped inform the comedy of the I Am Groot series? A, Charlie Chaplin, B, Buster Keaton, C, Harold Lloyd, or D, Mary Pickford? I'm going to go with Charlie Chaplin because he is like the OG number one silent film star. Mm. I'm going to say Buster Keaton on this one. All classics. Answer is, as she said in the interview, one of the things we had conversations with Brad Winderbaum and Kevin Feige about was this idea of Buster Keaton-esque comedy. Oh, there you go. This is the kind of comedy where it's mostly without dialogue. It's all very physical comedy, but it's very smart. You can be very smart with the gags and how you attack them. So that was one of our biggest inspirations. You can actually really, really see this whenever you see Groot on screen or just in a sassy moment. You really, really see this comedy shine. (laughs) When you have a character that can only say a handful of words, it's like so much of the comedy has to be expressed physically. I'm so glad that I Am Groot is back for a second season. Seeing him discover so much about the world around him last time, it's just ridiculously fun. Oh, absolutely, Hunter. I totally agree. And who better to tell us about what went into making both seasons of the show than its writer, director, and executive producer, a true triple threat, Kirsten Lepore. And Hunter, you had the chance to talk with her. Let's get right into it. Kirsten, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So after the first season of I Am Groot received great reviews and audience viewership, it's no surprise you're returning to make more episodes for Disney+. Plus. What trouble is Baby Groot getting into in season two? We definitely got weirder and wilder in season two, which I was very excited about. (laughs) One of the log lines that we wrote early on that I thought like, oh, there's no way execs are going to go for this was me writing down, Groot gets a nose. And like, that (laughs) that was basically the log line. And then I was shocked when the document came back and they encircled that one. And I was like, yes, we get to do it. We get to get weird. That's a very compelling title. I can't wait to see Groot Gets a Nose. <laughs> so you cut your teeth on animated shorts. How satisfying is it seeing a company like Marvel lean into short form animation? Yeah, that's a good observation. It's great. I obviously love shorts. Yeah, I came up doing shorts. Yeah, and sometimes shorts don't get a lot of love, you know, or they're just like, oh, well, go watch YouTube or whatever. It feels nice to have kind of that validation. I think shorts are always going to have you know, have a place somewhere. I mean, yeah, with the internet, it is kind of nice having shorter form stuff that people can move through. Not everybody has 90 minutes to spare all the time or more. So it's nice to just get like, you know, little bites of stories here and there. And I also have a young child. So I'm like, I understand the power of a short, quick story, you know, because sometimes that's all you have the attention span for. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love watching these too. They're, they're so engaging. And you've won multiple awards on the film festival circuit. Can you tell us about how you came into the fold to work on I Am Groot? Yeah, I had had just a general meeting, I guess, years ago now with Brad Winderbaum, one of the execs at Marvel that went really well. And then like a month later, he sent me the brief for I Am Groot to take a look at. And it was, you know, it was pretty general. It was kind of like, we went into this show about baby Groot. He goes on these adventures. He like meets some new characters. So I sent them back a treatment and did a whole pitch, you know, with what I thought the show could be. And then was honestly shocked when they chose me because I feel like I am not a natural fit as a Marvel director, someone coming from the world of indie animated shorts doing like pretty weird stuff. So yeah, I was thrilled when they chose me. I think that's like, I think that's part of kind of Brad's vision is like, I think he's the one that brought in like Taika Waititi for 
you know, for Ragnarok and, and just sort of thinking about maybe some unconventional people to infuse some interest and humor into the MCU. So I was like thrilled that they thought of me for the series. Yeah, unconventional, but your personality really shines through in a, in a really great, compelling way. I, I love it. Overall, it, it seems that Groot's childish actions, they get him into trouble. So what can we learn from baby Groot? <laughs> I think as much as he gets into trouble, you know, I mean, he's impulsive, you know, like most kids and I mean, even adults are he's, I think he's very relatable in that way. Like we've all kind of been there and wanted to get into mischief and be curious. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think he wants to do the right thing. So I think through all of these journeys, especially, I think we were even more cognizant of this in season two, you know, even if he blows a bunch of stuff up, he's still doing it for the right reason. And that's probably true for, you know, at least my toddler. It's like, he'll be a tornado that goes through the room. But like, he wanted to make you this cute little thing. You know? <laughs> are there any other behaviors that we see Groot do that are based off your son? Well, the whole first episode, Groot kind of has a hand at parenting. And that whole episode is pretty autobiographical for me. <laughs> sort of like my struggles and my joy of having a child it all made it into that episode. So yeah. <laughs> you can tell it really comes from the heart in that way. Yeah. Well, it really comes from the heart. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about your directing. What strategies do you use directing Vin Diesel? He only has three words to say. How do you do that? What do you do? You know, surprisingly, it's only three words. And, you know, people might think like, oh, why can't you just slap any I am rude in there? But each line is so nuanced because there's actually words in the script. Like there's actually like a translation in the script for everything that he says. Oh, so, seriously? I, I didn't realize that. I think James Gunn started that tradition. So we kept with that where it's like every line you get the translation in there so that you kind of know what inflection to put on it and how to read that line. And yeah, Vin Diesel's just great. He's seasoned pro, you know, he just like, he goes through the whole thing just in one go. He'll do all the lines and the efforts. And I think when you do it that way, it's not like a piecemeal thing. So it feels very cohesive. So you sort of like get the whole vibe of what the episode is and then makes yeah. our job easy, just sort of slotting those lines in where they belong. I'm just curious because I was just watching an episode from season one where he says, I am Groot and he points to himself. And I was like, oh, he's really saying I am Groot. How often is that the actual translation? It definitely happens. Yeah. In season one and then in season two, there's like one or two lines that that's the actual translation. <laughs> Okay, cool. So with minimal dialogue, the shorts, they reflect comedic timing and other elements of silent film comedy shorts. Can you explain how you incorporated that style? Yeah, when we were writing these in an early meeting, I remember Kevin Feige saying like, you know, it would be great if these had sort of like a Buster Keaton style vibe or comedy. And that was really like an interesting thing to sort of chew on and then, you know, to go back and watch some old, you know, Chaplin stuff, Buster Keaton stuff to sort of be reminded of like how smart this comedy can be even with no dialogue you know they really only had the visuals to work with so it's like how do you play in that limited sandbox and that's the kind of challenge i really enjoy and that we got to sort of infuse into the these shorts buster keaton's one of my favorites and i can definitely see his influence uh, shining through there you went to Comic-Con to promote I Am Groot season one at the Marvel Studios animation panel and you screened the trailer for fans San Diego Comic-Con, that's a huge event. What was that experience like? It was wild. Yeah, that was the first Comic-Con, I think, and it's still the only Comic-Con I've ever been to, actually. And what a way to do it. Oh, my gosh. Being in that room, like being on stage as the first time I'm experiencing that, there were like 4,000 people, I think, in that room. Wow. I've never been in front of a bigger audience 
all watching our silly little shorts. <laughs> so it was wild. Like even just to hear a laugh, like we screened one of the shorts for them, even just to hear the laugh, like to hear a laugh of like 4,000 people, like that laugh went all the way back into the back of the room. That was really, really surreal. I don't know if I'll ever experience anything like that. It was very cool. An eruption of of laughter. Uh, I love that the season two trailer premiered on National Tree Day too, which I think is so clever. Well, one of the things I love this season is there are celebrity guest voices involved. Jeffrey Wright is back as the watcher. I love Jeffrey Wright. Is there anyone else who fans who have yet to see the show should look out for? Without, yeah, spoiling much, Jeffrey Wright, we recorded with him. So people get to look forward to his beautiful, smooth voice gracing the screen. He was incredible. There was actually a name that some people might know and some people might not know. We recorded with D. Bradley Baker, who is one of the famous, he's like the guy that does animal sounds with his voice and he's like a genius at it. It's actually incredible. So we got to record with him as well for some of our animals for these episodes. And that was a huge highlight as well. That D. Bradley Baker, he is a legend. He does so many voices, a lot for Lucasfilm, I know. I think he does, like, all the clone troopers, like, everybody in the Bad Batch. Really incredibly talented. You said that you grew up fascinated with animation from the likes of Disney and and the Jim Henson Company. What are some of your favorite Disney or Henson films, shorts, features, anything? I mean, I love the Muppets. Muppets come to mind in terms of, like, Henson things. As far as Disney, my favorite from the get-go, I don't know, the first thing I ever saw was The Little Mermaid. So I was like drawing Ariel obsessively, like from the time I could pick up a pencil. So those were definitely like very early formative things that are still, you know, still sort of like weave their way. Their influence still weaves weaves their way through my work even today. That's amazing. Kirsten, this was such a pleasure getting to talk to you. I've got three words for you. I am Groot. We are Groot. I'll meet you with that. We are Groot. I love it. (laughs) Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Kirsten was so fun to talk to. And for real, I Am Groot is becoming one of my favorite shows. It's so funny. So good. My, I promise you, me and my kids sit and watch every single one all the way through the first day it comes out. So fun. A truly delightful character. That's awesome, Hunter. What a great interview. Thank you. And it's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend, presented by State Farm. For complete details, visit d23.com. Remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. First up this week is Disney's Launchpad. It's back with season two, and it's now streaming on Disney+. Plus. So if you didn't know, Disney's Launchpad season two is a collection of live-action shorts from a new generation of dynamic filmmakers. This season showcases six writers, five directors, and one writer-director from underrepresented backgrounds who were given the opportunity to share their perspectives and creative visions. Launchpad Season 2 is proud to present 60 shorts for Disney Plus based on the theme of connection. So a fun fact here, which I discovered when I heard about this, was that one of the directors actually went to my high school. What? (laughs) What? Yeah. I haven't seen him since high school, but I have to shout out to Alex Picari, who directed The Roof. I'm really excited to check out that one in particular because I'm like, small world after all was singing around and around in my head when I was like, I can't believe this. So pretty cool. That's amazing. Cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, Marvel Studios Legends, new episodes are now streaming on Disney+. Plus. This show is very helpful for me. Marvel Studios Legends serves as a refresher for the various heroes and villains making their way to the highly anticipated series premiering on Disney+, Plus, setting the stage for all their incredible upcoming adventures. In anticipation of Loki Season 2, two new episodes are now streaming to get you up to speed. You'll find out everything you need to know about variants and explore the mysterious origins of the TVA. 
I really like these episodes. They really do the trick. Like they catch you up and you're like, wow, I forgot all of this. And you just feel so prepped to go right into the next series. <laughs> like we were just saying with Groot, there's so much Marvel lore and this is mm -hmm. extremely helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, transitioning over to Disney Channel on this Friday, September 29th, there are two new episodes of Haley's On It. One is called Beta's Gonna Hate, where Beta suspects Alfred, a cleaning robot, is a chaos bot spy, but Haley and Scott aren't so sure. And then the amazing maze in which Haley and Beta ditch Scott to complete a complicated corn maze on their own. And then over on Disney Junior, there are two new episodes of Alice's Wonderland Bakery on Saturday, September 30th. The episode tales include a hair-raising Halloween in which Fergie overcomes his fear of Halloween at the palace's holiday celebration, and Fergie turns the tide, where Fergie invites the Dodo Beach Oysters to play at Cookie's Fancy Dinner. Hmm. Awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> okay, finally, we are living in the future. Listen to this. Toy Story Fun Day Football. They'll be playing on Sunday, October 1st at 9.30 a.m. on Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. Are you ready to go to infinity and beyond for some football? Oh, yeah. ESPN, the Walt Disney Company, and the National Football League have collaborated on a first-of-its-kind NFL game presentation where, get this, real-time action between the Atlanta Falcons and Jacksonville Jaguars live from London's Wembley Stadium will be experienced within Disney and Pixar's iconic Toy Story universe. Andy's room will replicate the on-the-field gameplay from Wembley, where each Falcon and Jaguar player will have animated representation on a traditional-looking field. Meanwhile, fans will view every run, pass, score, and all football-related action through state-of-the-art tracking technology enabled by the NFL's next-gen stats, player tracking data, and beyond sports. Woody, Buzz Lightyear, lots of other Toy Story faves will be visible throughout, cheering on from the sidelines and in other non-gameplay elements. Wow. That was a mouthful. That was a lot. What just happened? I cannot wait to see what that looks like. I'm well. I'm not the biggest sports guy. I'm a huge Toy Story fan, and I'd love to see these two worlds combined. So this, I don't know, this might be for me. You said living in the future. I think that's a great way to sum that up because, wow, two worlds colliding like that is pretty, pretty cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch. That's super interesting. And then I think my kids will be into it. So sign me up. <laughs> I think we'll all be watching, as we can tell with that. <laughs> so thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. If you want to chat with us, hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back soon with another fantastic guest on an all new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.